Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs, producers, and artists from around the world. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and none other, I don't know if he's on my right or left, I always get these Zoom things mixed around, sometimes that way, sometimes this way, sitting down with Ollie Wood, coming in from Dubai yes, with yes. Holophonic. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be here. It really is. It really, really is. I mean, like I say, it's Dubai. We're climate to climate. It's 40, it was 46 degrees Celsius. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit. Nice up in the hundreds, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I know Dubai is one of those amazing cities. That would, have you been through a Dubai dust storm? From what I see in the movies, oh, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Like you can't see in front of you type thing. How frequently do those things happen? Uh, there's, well, it doesn't, it's not quite as intense as they would have you believe on Mission Impossible. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's less uh, like biblically attractive than those moments. It's more kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty epic. You get probably about three or four a year over here, but when they do come, they come out of nowhere and your trees are going, the palm trees are everywhere, everything's blowing around and then it just clears. And the same thing with clouds, clouds come in, you can't see anything, clears. It's interesting. Yeah, and, and Dubai is one of those cities that is just really starting to, I mean, it has been for years, just growing, lots of development there. Uh, are, are you native to Dubai? Did you or did you just move there within the last few years? Or uh, tell us about that. Yeah, no, so, so both Greg and I were in Dubai for about 15, I think Greg was there for almost 20 years. Um, he started the kind of, you know, he was in one of the very first nightclubs that was out here. Uh, we'll go into like all of our background pre-Dubai, but for I've been out here for 15 years. I'm still here. He's gone back to London. Um, and yeah, for me, it's been seeing it from, you know, it wasn't quite the ground up, but definitely the Dubai now is completely different. It's changed completely. The scenes changed. The scale of everything's changed. We were in Dubai before it was cool you know that's the that's that's the phrase you know um and yeah it's it's, it's been it's an incredible place to be because it's got a lot of vision and a lot of ambition um and it's a nice place to be creative because you're uh, you're you're in like this center point if you're going to do you do a lot of stuff in asia a lot of stuff in europe and uh and it's been it's been really cool man it's a good hub awesome now holophonic can you tell us a, a little bit about the name and and where that came from yeah so holophonics as most people will know is 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 basically the when you put on a set of headphones that's the stereoscopic sound that wraps around you so it's this whole i say most people will know like we didn't know before we found it um i could, I could give you the short version which is basically it was free on twitter but i'm going to make it sound more important than that um so <laughs> no no i was you know you go through i'll tell you you go through when you're trying to pick a name for these things like you go through all sorts of things i said to greg like we sat down and we're like well this was it was in that space of time when you had like hoodie allen and people were switching around names and doing all this stuff and we were like what can we do and i remember one day i don't know what state i was in but i was like right rat man and bobbin rat man and bobbin and and greg literally went one day i'm gonna have to tell my child that his, her dad was either Ratman or Bobbin. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, man. There's good perspective. Um, I think the husk bears was in there somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, holophonic was where we ended up. The ironic thing of ending up there is like, I don't think we're, we're you know, when you got successful with a name like that, because people are spelling it right. There's literally when you search on, on, on Instagram or anything like that for your name and the hashtags, I have to go through all of them. I'm like H-O-L-O, H-L-L-A, you know. So the, the, the eventual thing is Holophonics is H-O-L-O phonics, but we flipped it around H-O-L-O-L-L-A because I, I was the noisy shouty one, surprise. And Gre Greg was the technical phonics boy, you know, so we Holophonics, boom. There's a awesome. long story. That's a great story. No, and, and about, you know, you mentioned capturing that name on, on the socials and making sure you, you own it, you have it. You know, I talk about that quite frequently because you see people and they didn't capture it and they have that official so-and-so or, the, you know. And yeah, 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 yeah. The only one we don't have is on our Facebook. Somebody went back in the day and they grabbed the DJ sessions on Facebook and they don't even use the page. I have, it hasn't been active for like nine years. I keep reaching out and going, can I get this page, please? But Killer. Selfish. Yeah, it, it's all good. Uh, branding, name recognition. And it's great, like you mentioned, that when people start spelling your name correctly, you know, you made it. It's pretty awesome. You, you, try, you know, it feels like when you're when you're on like any kind of social media or wherever you may be, it feels very contrived. But, you know, you, you don't want to keep mentioning your name. You're like, they're here already. Do you know what I mean? They're here. They, they got they know what's going on. But it, honestly, it's one of those things you just have to reinforcement reinforcement you know it's it's kind of you, you just, just got to keep going on it and and then you know put good records out people want to know who made it and then they start learning your name and that's when you know it's picked up yeah no we i i do that all the time when we were talking a little bit uh pre-show uh you know the amount of content that we're generating every time i title a video yeah. I, i'm dropping the dj sessions in the title of that video because it might be the first time somebody sees that video. And when they share that link and it populates on social media or out there, it grabs that data. If I don't put that in there, I'm losing that branding opportunity. You know, I'm losing that, oh, where did this come from? Where was this at? Who did this? Who produced that? Well, there it is right in the title. And I know it gets kind of redundant. I even stopped on, on Twitch as of late. Uh, when you put in the description of your, of your show, you know, like last night we did the show, Attack the Block from the Waterland Arcade in Des Moines, Washington. I used to put the DJ sessions presents attack the block, but it would then cut it off in a description on Twitch. You know, it, so it's very funny when you're going to the branding and marketing of things um, and the creation of that and what you're going to use long-term for your strategy, you know? Yeah. No, um, time. I mean, look, we're, we're entering a era now where, you know, yes, we've got this kind of nucleus of, of super, stars on all of the social media platforms and there's no going back you know all of those big kind of pop influencer fashion whatever they're there and they're there to stay but but the new we're in this new era of like micro influencers which are sector specific you know they're the they're the niche they're the you know so for us we know what we're good at we know we know where our angle is and it's kind of you know we, we ain't we're not trying to be taylor swift anymore we're trying to get on and and be who we are and and not go like oh we do we need a hundred you know six million like you know is you know for us it's like right this is our lane this is what we do really well people will pick up us pick us up along the way don't get distracted we did it's, you know, during the pandemic situation, the difficulty was that 
content was hard to create you know fair play to to people like yourself and and you know the whole kind of growth and and, and maneuver of of twitch and everything like that that came into in, into the play and the, and the live streams and that was great but you know it was a, a lot of people struggled for content you know digging in the crates of 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 previous picture you know the amount of throwbacks you know there's only so many you could do before someone goes this is like a history channel you know so you have to kind of rewind back to 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 like what you're thinking about right now and i was and our management were like dude like honestly no one gives a shit what you're eating like i'm like but it was man there was a good it was a good burrito and they wanted and they needed to get a side angle and look it glistened in the light it took me at least 10 minutes and uh and they're like yeah but people aren't trying to buy mexican food off you they're, 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 they're. <laughs> I'm going to be talking to you about some of those earlier. I, I don't know if you're a mind reader or not, because I never give my questions away for an interview, but I got a question for you about food. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about the album. I believe it's album Shadows in the Sun. Song, song. Song, so got, song, sorry. Song, Shadows no, in the Sun. Because we got, yeah, go on, ask me. And then you do have a song just released, I believe, called I Don't Know. Correct. So let's talk a little bit about Shadows in the Sun and then I Don't Know. Yeah. And then there's another song I want to talk to you about as well. It, it just came through, which I believe I was listening to this morning. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so uh, Shadows in the Sun, tell us about the production, that where, what that's all about. Yeah, so I mean, on the album thing, our, you know, our approach now has been, has shifted from, you know, albums, EPs that we were, you know, all of the artists maybe in our genre or generally were trying to do kind of, you know, three or four, you know, songs on a, on a, on a record and release them out. But I just, you know, the problem with that is that you always have to choose one, your favorite child, do you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and you can see the other one get rejected, you know, along the way or missed out. You know, we, we did that on a record and, and we released another track called Breathe. And, you know, Idris Elba played that in his radio show and it went through the roof, not through, through the, through our roof. Um, and, and he, and he, you know, and that was like, man, that's, that's amazing. And it was tucked away in this, this EP. And Sony had got us to do that. And we kind of went to management, went, let's just release, let's just do this whole, let's do what we did back in the day when it cost a ton of cash to print some, you know, to, to, to put, put stuff on wax and just let's go and just release a record with a focus, put a remix in it later, but let's just focus on it. So that's our model now. We're just going to release good records. And to the end of the year, we've got a record every single four weeks now, signed up, ready to go. So that 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 music is is the way forward and for us we've been working all of this for a while it's not like let's just make a load of shit and stick it out you know for us it's just let's make stuff that works um, and creates this sound for us so shadows in the sun for you know greg and i both come from from the uk and we have a uk garage and house background so a lot of our influence um is taken from that and uk garage is very much this blend of uh of I suppose R&B and soulful vocals and that kind of that that edge to it with the the kind of two-step like house vibe in it and it blended in then it took a weird turn and went into you know some kind of grimes what you know grime came out of that 
And so we stepped away from that, and, and but that influence is still there. So we try and get this funk and soul vocal and be very uplifting in it. And that Shadows in the Sun was our nod to the old school kind of Ibiza, you know, sunshine, happy house. And it was just, you know, we got a really nice vocal that was a full song. But what we what we try and do is not offend the writer and the singer, um, but find the space in there that allows us to create, you know, because sometimes full songs in dance music are a bit hard, again, unless you're trying to, you know, be on something somewhere else. For us, it's clubs and the vibe and the crowd and the festival and the and the DJ and, and that's the heartbeat. So for us, it was about creating a, a nice rhythm and a nice. And when we first played that rhythm, it reminded me of ABBA immediately. And I'm not I don't know why that did. And it wasn't what we were going for. But it was that pattern that gets in your head and is repetitive and catchy. So that was the hook for us on that. And then the rest was just this shadows in the sun vocal, which felt like, do you know what? We've all been locked indoors. We need to get outside. Let's walk out the shadows into the sun. And that was the that was the vibe for us. Um, and that that record did really well with DJs. Didn't react so well on Spotify, which still mystifies us. But this, you know, there's a luck of the draw thing that goes on there, and um, and and it's kind of right. Do you know what? That can be that's that can be our cult classic. People go, why did we never hear this in 2020? When I, well, we were sleeping on it, but here it is now. You know, number one in 2050. Um, and uh, and and then we kind of moved on to to right. Okay, what works for us right now is is we love these big chunky beats. We 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 have got a, such a good relationship in the US with Insomniac and in rotation, and we get on with you know the the guys over there, Joe, Aaron, Sam. They they. I like what they do. I like Pascal Rotella's whole approach to everything um, in terms of the sound. And he, he, they very much picked up that UK sound and like driven it in, in the US in many ways, or at least in that kind of young youth market of how does this, how does this sit? So for us, it was, it was looking at what they're trying to do. And, and the US DJs really picked up on it. The golf claps, the, 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 the whole kind of, even you know, the latest one, Tommy Sunshine's picked up on it as well. So we, it's a really good space for us. And um, so I Don't Know is a much more chunky, techie, bass-driven track, but that has that funk, bluegrassy, like soul twist to it, which um, I can't be listening to some progressive thing that lasts for 15 hours that doesn't have a groove. I'll just you just stick a weird hi hat and a you know and send something in there just to kind of give it a little bit more you know so 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 that's our vibe. Awesome, and and that led up to to is in good company was also something he recently. So, and so good so, company records. Okay, in good company records, but there was a song. There was a song. It was something about we're we'll get through this. The lyrics. Um, yeah, yeah, it was better days are coming. Yeah, better days are coming. Thank you. That one there. Better days are coming. And I want to know what the inspiration for that song was, because it looks like you had taken some news clips and like snapshot of them, put them up to Instagram. I'm just wondering, was that the inspiration for the song that, that was on the evening news and said better days are coming as a news reporter? Is that where that came a- from? No, we did. Do you know what? It was a it was a it, that was a retrofit that worked quite well. You know, for us, for us, it was just we 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 can't we're a glass half full type of guys you know so we can't really um 
we didn't want to sit around and 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 be too negative about what's going on we wanted to kind of hustle and, and get on with it and be be as positive as possible mm-hmm. but equally you know you can't you know you can't make somebody that's not feeling great uh, happy so you know you, you, the only way you can do it is just try and fill the, the the air with as much positive noise as possible which isn't easy you know but for us we have we have this platform we have this attitude so um this better days are coming record was was and, and the thing we're trying to do now is write a lot of our own songs we found some good singers we like you know session singers we like to work with so we absorb stuff in like you know shadows in the sun but then i don't know uh together that we released on insomniac and better days we 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 record our own guide vocal we may release those one day who knows auto-tune hell but um but at least we're trying to you know get to that get get those guide vocals out and it makes the singer feel great because they'll always do a better job so you know confidence level is high on that um but better days are coming yeah it was just about just getting a bit of a positive message out there i tell you what it took so long to release it because the, the you know we thought the timing's got to be right when there are better days coming otherwise we're going to have like you know who do you think you are or are you stupid or you know something like that and so we didn't want it to backfire on us because like you can be too positive do you know what I mean um so <laughs> it was kind of like right you know you don't want to be that guy yeah it's it's funny I actually have I've been accused of being a too too positive of a person on social media like there's no way oh. and I'm like wait a second what's going on here i try to spread an uplifting message i try to like do things and like just because i don't post about my stuff that's troubling me online doesn't mean that i'm always just this positive person i just choose that through my distribution through my platforms i want to share positive messages you know and not negative things you got to do you and you know if people want to go like in the end like um, if people want to go, there's plenty of negative out there. So, you know, that's, that's going to be easier to find. So how did you find me? <laughs> you know, like if you're in that mood, um, but you know, you, you have to deal with this. Like we, I remember one of our first records we put out on YouTube, somebody wrote, this song has no soul. <laughs> and I just, I just, I, I just went through and, and, and responded. Thank you to every negative message. Yep. And just, you know, they're so intent on just putting a negative message. They don't, they don't notice you've just thanked them for it. Yep. Um, you know, they're just, they're just dropping it around the internet. Um, so f- from, from my perspective, um, better days was just about spreading a bit of good vibe. And then we are so surrounded by the negativity of the news. We wanted to spin it on its head and just, just, take these little nuggets out of, 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 of like this, you know, if we cut through all of this, this bad energy that sells papers and get, you know, brings viewers, then in between that, there are some great stories. And you know that like on Instagram, like some of these good vibes, you know, Instagram channels, I got rid of all of my news Instagram channels got rid of all of them and I followed like the happiness project and I followed, you know, the good vibe network, good news network or whatever. And now I'll wake up and see some postman that's, you know, uh, said a prayer over someone's takeaway food. And I'll be like, brilliant. That's exactly what I need. So it's about what you seek out. So we, we just wanted to cut through, to cut through that with what we were doing. And, and that's what it was about. And then everybody put a song out called better days. Like we we waited so long. Justin Timberlake appeared on on TV with a Better Days song, and I literally called our manager. And went, 
Is that the same melody? That's not the same melody, is it? Somebody's going to think we copied that. It ain't the same melody. What's going to happen? And he went, calm down. It's a completely different key. They're going to think we just t- turned the key up. They're just going to think we turned the key up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, everyone told me not to worry. But it's like when you've had a record out for so long, you know, like, you should have put it out earlier. <laughs> Better days were still coming. Um, yeah. But, uh Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's awesome. It really it definitely inspired me this morning. It's always great to see that kind of positivity, that kind of messaging going out. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it definitely rings. You know, I had a, um, Darud uh, was actually on my show years ago. He was in my nice. studio. This is like when our, one of our food studios, probably back in like 2010, somewhere around there. And a friend of mine, who I wasn't a friend of mine at the time, she walks by the studio doors she looks into the studio and she goes, is that, is that, that's Jerud? That's Jerud. He's playing a live set in your show. After the show, it turns out that about three or four years prior to that, she was in a very bad place in life, uh, contemplating suicide. And mm-hmm. it was one of Jerud's tracks had come on late night on the TV. And she told me a story. She goes, that song there saved my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. It pushed me in a way to be more positive. I can't remember what the track was. My memory's slipping. It was like 11 years ago, but, but not only that, she's sitting there watching, standing 10 feet away from him. And just like this, this iconic person who she probably never would have thought of meeting in person is standing 10 feet away. And then I find the backstory of this and she's a great person, great friend of mine, but you know how music can be uplifting and change people's lives. You know, it's it's huge. You know, it, it is a huge thing and it's a massive, you know, it's a big, you know, we're, we're not the most high profile artists in the world, but we're cutting our way through and working hard in what, in what we do. And it's making an impact um, in the way that we we're happy with, you know, and but in reality, you know, all the numbers in the world, depending on what type of person you are, all the numbers in the world and streams and, and monthly listeners or whatever can't really compare to somebody's genuine personal like story related to something you just created. You know, when, when you first, you know, for me, when I first started, you know, writing music and, and Greg and I f- first started doing stuff in our first album, there's some songs that I wrote like about my wife at the time, you know, and, and they had a profound like effect on her. And um, that meant the world to me. And that was probably, you know, and there's some tracks where Greg's daughter's in the background of it, you know, and sampled, you know, uh, doing our Jay-Z thing. And so for us, it was like, that was our little mini, like microcosm effect. But as it reaches, you know, we did a track called Spaceship, which was a slightly more poppy, like, like dip in our world. And they use it and they used it for a year in Thailand to teach English in all the schools using the lyrics. And we found out they had, there's an actual TV show breaking down what our song means and in, in, in teaching people English. So these little things that just you forget and then remember and go, yeah, man, like, do you know what? Streams are like career wise, they're essential, but like human wise, these are the stories that take you through like, you know, when you're older, chatting to somebody younger, do you know, I had, you know, 300,000 monthly listeners, they'll be like, what? 
and then and you're like and then you say somebody use my lyrics to learn english they'd probably still be like what um but go away old man um but uh <laughs> but do you know what i mean it's all about kind of the little nuggets that that that, that make, make you get up and sit in front of a computer in a little box for you know 15 hours with no food <laughs> yeah and and for me for me it was always i was a videographer at a very young age and nice. i would go to the nightclubs and nightclubbing for pretty much 29 30 years of my life and being a videographer or being the guy who liked to play with the video camera you would go to the nightclubs and you would see the people dancing then you go hang out or next weekend everyone would talk about how awesome that nightclub experience was but nobody was videoing it. Nobody was recording it. So you could never share that experience ever again. And I kind of was like, why don't we bring a video camera into the nightclub, patch it into the board, get good video and good audio. And then our question was, where were we going to distribute it? Because all we had was public access or broadcast television. There was no YouTube back then. So where was this going to live? But when the advent of podcasting or video podcasting and the player, you know, Apple makes the video iPod player. And then, yeah. you know, YouTube gets released around the same time. Now we have this online distribution medium for video that you could not only view on your computer, but carry around in your pocket. And then once the iPhone came out with Wi-Fi built in, you could download and watch this anywhere you want to go. You know, having that ability to disseminate the content or show people, not necessarily like you missed it, you should have been there. It's here was this awesome experience. You can kind of relive it again and, and, and relive no. it over and over and over again, uh, especially if you had a great time with that, which we would kind of relate to a, a track, you know, you would have a song that you just play over and over and over and over again and not get sick of it. And then that's, you know, that can put people in a good mood. We all got playlists. We all got, I mean, DJs have hundreds of thousands of songs now at their disposal and it's not the album days anymore, but, you know, um, being able to just find new music, assimilate the new music and get that feeling is just, it's key, uh, which brings me yeah. to, um, talking about your, uh, I saw some production tutorial videos online for Save Me. Looks like yes. it was a three-part series. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about um, what those videos are about and the song Save Me. We look, it's, so uh, starting with kind of Save Me. Save Me was, we, Spotify came to us and and, and basically said, look, we, we'd like to feature you as a, on their new radar campaign that they had. Um, and we've got this Lebanese artist who's done this kind of crazy big, um, like I suppose it was almost indie rock track that was that was slow but was really good. It was for me. I I said on when I say in that tutorial, it was like uh, Rag and Bone Man meets Lady Gaga, kind of you know said with all the love in the world. It was basically a growly, raspy boy. She didn't look like that. Um, and they were, it was just this great song. And I heard it, I was like, it's one of those things where like, you know, great power, great responsibility. And it's like, this is a really good song though, dude, to this Spotify guy, like, you know, what do you want us to do with it? He said, look, I, I think, and to be fair, it was a good A&R moment from them. You know, it was like, I think this could be a big electronic track. It's went, look, I'm a music lover. I'm, I'm genre agnostic, despite the fact we make, you know, dance music. I don't want to be ruining any other genre just for the sake of making a dance track. Too many people do that, you know, so we, we're just, um, I'm not, you know, let, there needs to be credibility here. So anyway, we took it and we put a beat over it that we felt was, that would work with it, that kind of more, you know, fitting with that camel fat vibe, that big extended kind of beautiful like yes progressive but very deep and 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 pop but but very you know it's good just got a lot of good 
it's like almost like the classical house of progressive like you know that kind of vibe um so we took that and we and it worked really well the singer liked it which is always key chris um and we basically went i mean i'm fast forwarding quite a bit here but we ended up in damon alban from a band called blur um who's a big big act in the 90s in the uk he's actually he's probably known better in the us for gorillas uh, yeah yeah so we ended up in damon's uh studio in london and we just we we had all of his stuff around like it was crazy like you know just this kind of treasure trove of just random like african instruments and harpsichords and all of this stuff you know it's very difficult then not to just sample everything like you know go and record it all but you know focus we're you know so so we recorded chris on this faster beat and and created this track save me then we switched the vocals around and then we played around with like a it was very intense so we took it down and did some more kind of like song rhythmic kind of dancey breakdown bits and um it was such an interesting process again you know we all like anybody that produces music listens to tutorials or 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 you know obviously we all we've all listened to the uh so I'm now going to take the hi-hat and tune it up using the, uh, oh, it's like, okay, dude, man, like this, I just skip to the end and see what this guy does like six hours, but you know, we have listened to it and sometimes you do glean a bit of knowledge off that. So we thought, do you know what, let's have, let's do this, but in our way. So let's muck around a little bit but also like deliver a bit of a message of how we did that and to be fair a lot of people messaged us and said man i didn't realize you used that and uh, and how much processing do you do on your vocals there's like eight processors on there it's like yeah but you can't re-record it so if she, if they've gone and it was too quiet man's got to get the processor out um so uh yeah we um we, we enjoyed doing it. So we broke it up into three parts because it was like 25 minutes long. So we were literally, and now, so we, we had to like take the whole thing and, and then just add our own, as you can see, we can talk a lot. So just add our own kind of like level to it. And there we go. And we may do more. That's awesome. You know, and obviously it, it is, instead of just spending your time in the studio, obviously you're, you're doing a tutorial, you're showing people your creation process which again is another way you can ins inspire people to go, wow, I never thought about doing that like that. You know, I used to yeah. be a, a trainer for Apple and, and train Final Cut Pro, their high-end software and awesome. stuff. And, and, you know, we had the book, we had the certified way of going through step-by-step, step, this is how you do something. But when you really explain it to somebody, you can have a hundred different ways to achieve the same result. Yeah. And, you know, somebody might go, wow, I didn't know you might do something in six moves where they were doing a hundred moves and they it could just change their whole production workflow up. And that's another benefit out there. I think that's another way of reaching your, your demographic, reaching your audience. Um, it, it, you know, it isn't just about the music and the end user listening to the music. It's also reaching other producers as well to inspire culture and music, which is awesome. I think what, look, what I love about music is, is, um, it's it's that okay cliche wise it's the global language it's the thing that connects us all but realistically there is a space in music for everybody you know and 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 somebody can aspire to be to be uh, uh, some you know one of their idols in the music world or to be something and they might think Do you know what i should have done that piano lesson when i was a kid or i should have done this and should have done that but we're in a really interesting 
space right now and a, and a great genre, you know, uh, not genre, a great, a great generation where we can actually, lots of people can have their influence in music. You know, there are, there's always, you know, we, we come from the 90s, so we, we're, we're on that cusp between like, and Greg, you know, I wasn't born in the 90s, as you can probably tell, <laughs> but that was when we were kind of understood what was going on or not, whatever the case may be. Um, we, we were meant to understand what was going on. And uh, and for us, like we're on that cusp of like the group of people that go, oh, it's not the same as it was back then. <laughs> and the people that go, oh, shut up. It, the world moves forward. And like I, I think like somebody like Jazzy Jeff, like, you know, icon, um, I think he always like he's he's always said to people like I've seen interviews where they've gone why don't you you know you should do a vinyl set he went but it's to like doesn't give me the chance to pick the music because I'm fussing too much with what I'm doing here so there's going to be the purists and and you know I've I've got vinyl collection I've got records but for me applying that theory to what you do you know Greg and I Greg was the the engineer and the technical guy I was the songwriter and the, the guy that thought that lyrics and all of this was important he was like I don't I've never really listened to any dance lyrics <laughs> he was lying because he's got an opinion every time I write a song so uh, so then we came together and we created this this kind of thing and we both learned off of each other and you know the production engineer and the, like, the blend of all of that and where where we are today which is this kind of like together working as one which is great awesome. i don't know what my point was anymore but you, you do you know what i mean i do i do i do space for everyone in music there's yeah. your tagline for the bottom of the video <laughs> well no i you brought that up and one of the things and um that i've been telling content producers or people out there that you know the the, the dmca i'm sure you're very clear with with you know copyright protections and all the stuff that's happening yeah, with yeah. facebook and youtube and twitch is now coming out with and what I'm seeing is that you know, the, stuff. when they take down your own song, they keep taking down our own songs. You have had yeah. this video removed. Great. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I, I understand the back of it. I, I, I had to field probably about, I think I stopped counting about 150 calls and inquiries about how are you doing it with your channel, Darren? How you, I go, well, I get the licensing for stuff and I got to do these deals and pay money over here. And this is how and they're like, well, how do I do it for free? And I'm like, doesn't work like that but what i was going to get at though is eventually i'm thinking we're going to see if, if, if it doesn't change which it doesn't seem it's going that way is that the original content creators that the independent artists are going to find themselves becoming those new kind of sensations because they're going to own the rights to their content they're going to own the rights to their music until they get published until they get picked up until they sign that deal and then 15 different companies get a piece of the action and then they got to get permission to even play their own stuff. I was talking with Cut Chemist recently and he goes, yeah. people come to me all the time and they want to use my stuff, but Warner Brothers owns the rights to it, you know, and I can't yeah, yeah. authorize it. So I got to say, no, sorry. And by the time they go to talk to Warner Brothers, it's going to be so much money. I might, I might as well tell them, no, just don't even bother doing it. It's going to cost you too much. But, you yeah. know, there's a, there's a price to get, you know, if you're going to get distributed or can these artists actually self-distribute and, and using these streaming platforms or podcasting platforms or Spotify, or Spotify, SoundCloud, MixCloud, those services, you know, I think we're, we're going to see something come out of them. You know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. They're, then they're going to probably be scouted and picked up and then signed. And they're like, I can't play that song anymore. Cause uh, owns it, you know, yeah. but um, yeah. one of the things I wanted to kind of chat with you about was you've done some remixes for some of my favorite people over the years like Paul Oakenfold and Dirty Vegas and you yep. feature many other additional artists 
on the tracks. How many tracks do you produce a month and how many end up being released? Um, how many tracks we produce a month? I think probably on average a month, we'll, we'll probably um, we'll probably set out to create, you know, or, or begin a track every week. Um, and then if something just really flies, then we'll get distracted and, and, and you know, disappear into it. But that workflow took a long, long time to perfect because, you know, we're, we're very beat driven now you know so for us for us it's kind of percussion first and drums first and finding that groove with then the melody in that that can be interchangeable then cracking that bass line that's in there and then writing the song around it you know we'll, we'll have a we've got you know a stockpile of kind of like approaches that we want to take and songs that we want to write and messages that we want to say but really it's like what do we want to see when we play this or when somebody else plays this and what do we want to do to the 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 area and when the, which this is being played you know we want people to get proper hype do we want them to have a, like some relief from the intensity of everything else and get in a groove but they can they can still djs can still play it in these sets you know um and we're you know we're we're primarily djs so like greg's been a dj for you know 700 years so from his perspective he's like you know it's always about what let's not be self-indulgent here when it comes to what can be played but let's not let's create as ourselves and not just create something that just you know is designed to please everybody you know um and so for us it's it's a process to make music and then the ones that we don't don't release i mean like i say we're in a good place now because really every four weeks for a release makes sense four to six weeks is, is is the time now content burns out you know music does the same thing there's so much out there um people are starting trying to stay ahead of being ahead you know so you don't want to get you don't want to get lost in all of that they're like oh, that's you sent me that two days ago man times have changed um so you know it's it's like you just need to kind of carry on you know, like like creating and and then when people dive into what you've created previously you've got this body of work the other records um to be honest interesting what you're saying about cut chemist you know for us we 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 actually you know i don't know if this is interesting or not but we created another business called holostonic um which is we realized later was very confusing as when people started to put that in the media but again, you know, just make better records and people will bother to learn the difference. And Holosonic uh, was created um, basically because we, we th- saw an opportunity to make money for brands because they were asking us for tracks and we were saying, we can't give it to you. It's Universal. It's Sony. It's this, this, that. But then we went, but we can make you one. We can make you a track. What do you like about this? And what's, you know, give us the advert. So we did Durex, The Sound of Sex. We made, that was an awkward song to make. Um, we did two guys and, you know, it's like in the his entire family in the other room with headphones on going, can we sample this? Can we sample this? Can we? Um, yeah. <laughs> Where's this going out? Um, and uh, and then we kind of did uh, Tencent for PUBG Mobile, you know, one of these big like PUBG, like video game mobile stuff. We made a track for that and it was like, we want this to go on uh, viral on TikToks. Of course you do. Um, so we kind of like make something with that in mind. So, but but do we want that to be on our Spotify? Do we want to get them to go and hit? So we put it else there and use that money to fund 
the machine of what we actually wanted. So tracks are never dead. They're just sleeping. Mm -hmm. Oh man, look at that. Another, <laughs> we've got two quotes out of this. And, and, and if you could pick one person to collaborate with that you two haven't worked with yet, who would it be with and why? Oh man. I mean, look, we, Greg actually kind of was in the studio in his early days with this guy, but for both of us, we, that's when we knew we were going to work really well together because we both grew up as fans of the artistry of a D UK DJ called MJ Cole. Um, and if you've never heard of MJ Cole, it's like taking, taking the grooviest house and putting a classically trained pianist that is inspired by, you know, that kind of 80s soul classic kind of Stevie, like all sorts of, and then adding this pure emotion into it that just glides through it. MJ Cole, stunning, would be great to do some stuff with him. He's re he's remix legend, but he's he's an absolute genius. And then if if he'd retired and it was a bit tired and didn't want to meet up with us, we'd perhaps get disclosure in there as well. Disclosure again, disclosure were inspired by, by them. And, you know, that's where we are now. And yeah, I mean, and then if we wanted to make some money, I wouldn't mind sitting in a room with Harry for a few hours. With who is that? <laughs> Calvin Harris. Oh, Calvin Harris. Yeah. Okay. Calvin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be a fun time. I like the diversity of, I like the sense of humor and the diversity of that guy. You know, he's just, he, he, he's just, again, there's, you know, whenever he picks something up, it just flies. Um, and the creative process is the key. It's not really, it's never about, you know, for us about just pure, pure, how will this stream? It's just about how does this feel? So as far as live streaming goes, uh, do you have any plans for the future of live streaming? It's become one of the hit things. I mean, everyone jumped on the bandwagon last year. In my opinion, I've been doing live streaming for 11 years, podcasting for 16 years now, and love the digital medium of, of distributing something almost immediately that you can have a chat room and interact with people. Um, as far as live streaming goes, have you looked into anything? That was the first part of this question. The second part of this question coming up, have you looked into doing anything in the VR and or AR world? Yeah. So when it comes to live streams, yeah, we were we were quite quick to jump on the fact that we knew that's what we wanted to do, but we all wanted to do it properly. You know, we didn't want to, everybody was trying to, everyone was taking the word live so intensely serious and forgetting the fact that, you know, you also need to do it properly and you need to do it with good quality. And that's not about, you know, cutting and editing so it makes you look like you're like, you know, a superstar. The reality is it's it's about making sure that there is a, 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 a quality, ongoing, uninterrupted experience. And, and until people's servers and bandwidths and all of this stuff and, and, the, and the kit that we were, were kind of hybrid stuff that we were all using to do it from when we had to start from, and, uh, and you'll know this, I'm sure it makes you like twitch when you see some of these, no pun intended, when you see some of these kind of bad like setups done. Do you know what I mean? But, but for me, it was kind of like, let's do it properly. So we, we did it. We, we had a big, we worked very closely with a staging company that did do a lot of the gigs that we'd done in Dubai. So they did a setup and we, we started to put out lots of stuff. We did it with a thousand and one track lists. That's a kind of an industry resource. Um, and that put in, we did with some with Asia, we did some with some radio stations. Um, then when we, when we kind of 
went apart you know and greg's was in london and i'm in dubai it became a bit harder to do it but then it was just about creating mixes doing some kind of radio shows we did the holotonic see we really um are intent on not understanding what our name is by surrounding it with similar sound aliases and products um although i did want to open up a bar called the holotonic but no, that nobody liked that idea i thought it was great anyway um so there will be one and we insist we get to the stage where we're like there has to be a holotonic served at this event otherwise we're not playing it might be a it might be a 20 capacity venue but we might get what we want um and uh and so we did all of that and then so live stream was important we're going to carry on doing that regardless the 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 floodgates are open now so you know people will absorb music that you know online the same way that they've done going to concerts and 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 that will be a whole new market and i think big festivals will have to cater for both you know and make make both things interactive when it comes to vr um ar we haven't explored quite as much although we understand it fully and i i like the idea of the gamification that AR can bring to records. So, uh, you know, I, I would like, you know, we had this idea once of creating a record about a neighborhood that we grew up in or in London about the cough scene there. And then as you go around the, the London, you pick up various tracks from the record that were inspired by those neighborhoods through, through AR. You collect your, you know, your, you collect the album or the EP uh, as such. Um, but it was too expensive. So then we went on to, so if anyone's listening that's got money, that's your idea. Um, you, you can take it, just put us in the credits. Um, and then uh, uh, and then the other one was VR, which is, yeah, man, take it. <laughs> the other one was VR, which is this, it's too singular experience. So for me, a shared experience is key. So, you know, the, 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 the same way I know that you've got lots of experience in the, the silent disco world, you know, that that moment of knowing that outside of these headphones which everybody i can see has everybody else thinks we're weird and that's awesome um so so it's the same thing in this moment where you're having a shared experience where you know like this is our moment in this collective you know so vr can be amazing i saw a great thing where they there was a bus that they put a load of kids in with transparent led windows in it and so the bus went down and then the windows suddenly made it look like they were in mars and so every time they turned on a normal road around san francisco of course around san francisco then they turned in mars and they could just so it was basically like driving in mars in the school bus so the windows were recreating the content of being on mars and the roads were your gps guide as to where you were traveling so they just tracked the entire footprint of watch it it's amazing i think it's called the mars uh it's a mars experience and it was by one of the big um kind of uh, aeronautical space center guys it's epic you sit in a bus it's epic interesting so so anyway, you actually get you actually well. go and sit in the bus as yeah. a physical person yeah. like you buy a ticket to the, it or the, no, no, no. So, so it was done. It was done as an educational tool, and so you you got onto the bus, and and it was just normal. You could see outside as if it was but, normal, and then when you went v- through a, in VR or on the no, bus? not in VR. Bus oh, okay. normal, transparent, 
transparent um, uh, screens. So the, the, these new kind of LCD jobs that you can see through somewhat, but it feels like it's tinted. So that, you know, a kid wasn't to, to you know, we're all cynical for a kid, it's just tinted. Um, so then they go through, a, you, they went through a normal tunnel and out, and when it came out the other side, the screens made it look like they'd come out on Mars but the, the screens were tracked exactly to the roads that they were taking so that when the bus moved, the collective experience was that you were moving on Mars, but they were actually driving around San Francisco and they okay. just mapped a journey. So it was awesome. And the kids could touch the screens and learn more about this crater and this thing and that thing. It's epic. Wow, we, we, we don't have something that technical, but we um, launched years ago the first ever mobile television studio basically i have a, a glass box on the back of a truck and we nice. just we yeah we basically what we've done through technology is now we can actually we call it the mobile sessions and we put djs in the back of it and we drive it through the streets of seattle we now have a six thousand watt sound system in it so think about a think about it like a concert on wheels but you have the djs and people partying in the back of this big glass box on the back of a truck that we light up and everything and drive it around and now we're able That's to stream it. live from it and uh, we're looking, we were looking at doing some road trips last year. We still got that on the thing to take it to different cities and then book DJs from those cities to play in the truck as we drive it through those cities and go on tour. So it's sort of like a tour bus that you can kind of see. And I call it Willy Wonka's great glass elevator on the back of a truck with a 6,000 watt sound system. And I'm actually getting, uh, I'll give a, a plug here from our sponsor, Mackie. Mackie's actually given us two, um, they already gave us the, the two SRM-15s, which are 2,000 watts apiece, uh, which added to their existing sound system. But they're giving us two SR-18s, so we're putting two subs into this thing as well. It's like a what, concert. What, how thick is the glass? It, <laughs> is it? I, was I was told when I bought the truck, when I got the truck, I was told that it's literally almost bulletproof. Um, you can yeah. throw a brick. Okay, you nice. can throw a brick off of it. You don't want yeah. the whole like, like yeah. you know, some of these kind of modified cars that people are so proud of that sound like they've got a wasp stuck in their speakers. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't understand the concept behind that. I guess it's a Fast and Furious thing. I don't know. Um, but um, the nice thing about it is when you have that kind of immersive experience, the people in the back become part of the show, but the people on the street become part of the show because our cameras are filming this as we're driving around so you can see the cars yeah, driving yeah, yeah. by and driving through the city and you know we've i, I thought people went last year we're going to think that we green screened the whole thing that it wasn't mm -hmm. real but we keep the back door open you can see people running off the street jumping in the back and then jumping out so, and they're like that's really driving that, around right now <laughs> i think that's what it's about i mean you know that that's the that's the, the other thing for me is like you know the, the being at home doing it on the green screen you know that that worked that was a you know a, a page in history for us right we can still do that but the production value quickly got more intense on these things and then i think the quality of you know channels like circle on uh, on youtube you know which is which is they go to crazy destinations around the world and and there were lots of artists that we knew like dub dogs and alloc and from brazil that were doing things and and then it became location was as important and then quality you know an fpv like like drone pilots and all of that business so the production value quickly went from you know you know homegrown to to spielberg um, which is fine people find a way to spend money don't they um so so uh but there's 
there's some cool there's some cool ways around it you know and i think that you're right i love these ones where there's guys that have got like a a, a kind of fisheye gopro vibe and they've got the kind of you know this straps over with the, the with the decks some kind of pioneer xdj thing in front of them and they've got they've just got a little mic like that and they're playing dance music you know running through the park when everybody follows behind them that's just as fun for me as you did playing on the side of niagara falls and me getting to see a you know live nature program whilst you play um so so there's 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 all sorts of things and and the more creative the better so yeah we're going to be jumping on that for sure awesome well, you know, we're, we're just getting ready to wrap up here. I got one question for you, though, um, because I'm a bit of a foodie. And uh, uh, that's you look at my Facebook and probably 50 to 70 percent of my pictures that I'm putting up. Are for, well, they used to be until I started getting busy and doing tons of stuff. It was kind of a hobby of mine to make food and prep food. And, um, you know, I came across this post on a restaurant. Correct me if I say this wrong, but is it called Lanalusa? Lanalusa? Lanalusa. In Dubai, was that yeah. a restaurant you were at? Did you take it that picture? Yeah, yeah. What was it that was shrimp me. dish, or was that crawdads or shrimp? What was that? And then it had something that looked like so, mango, and then some fried asparagus next to it. It was that. nuts. It was an incredible. Like so, you know, we all um, we all defined what things we missed and value in life during the period at which they were taken away from us right mm. and mine was most definitely i think more than anything was going out and experiencing kind of food you know i love cooking i love both of us do love going out to eat and so we made it a bit of a mission my, my wife and i to go and um, go out a little bit more and and not just go because because when you're in that bubble as well you were kind of going one restaurant back one restaurant back we've ate, we've eaten the whole menu what do we do now and so we then found this uh, this this one place which was was uh, Portuguese, and so they did like a monk, monkfish stew, tempura, um, green beans. They did little kind of Portuguese like empanada type. Like I'm sure there's a Portuguese name for it. Sorry, um, and uh, and then we and then there was uh, it was just amazing. And then they did these um, little custard tarts that i know is incredibly famous and portuguese and i want to say they're um pastis uh something like that but they were incredible they're like little puff pastry anyway they were the national food of portugal i'm sure and i've just you know destroyed i've given portugal love and i've destroyed it at the same time um but i'm out obrigado um so for us it's uh it's been that experience of eating and then a lot and then taking a, a picture of it in the false misunderstanding that other people care. But here we are. You did. So I'm doing it again. I did it. I'm calling, my, I'm like I'm when, calling our management. Yeah. I, I want to, yeah. Tell them, Hey, people, people look at these things. People want to know where you're people, eating. People yeah. want to know what's going on. You people know? don't want to know about how to tune a high hat all the time. They want to know what you ate. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe maybe stick it in stories. Maybe the problem was it was in the main feed. Maybe that was their problem. There you go. This yeah. is going to stay here forever. That will stay here forever. Awesome. <laughs> well, Holly, before we let you get going here, is there anything else you want to let our DJ session fans know about? Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got so we've just released a crack track called uh, I don't know, 
on Pink Star. Um, it's their anniversary year. That's one of uh, EDX. For those that know EDX, is one. It's one of his labels within the Syrup family. We've got another track coming out in July called 125 Beats, and we're back to back. Like I say, every four weeks till the end of the year. So try your best to fall in love with us. And where can people find out more information about where all this is going to be released at and where it's going to go out at? At Holophonic, every single social media platform, H-O-L-L-A, see, I've done it again, H-O-L-L-A, Phonic, P-H-O-N-I-C. Um, and uh, for us, that everywhere, that's Spotify, that's Apple Music, these are uh, um, Amazon, YouTube, I can't, I've, I've started now, so I could be here for days. It's everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, just just send us the video, send us some some when you're playing it, like, like let us know we care about it. We read our messages, we respond to everybody. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just good to get anybody on board this journey. Awesome. Ollie, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show and I look forward to talking with you. Maybe a follow up in about six months, see where things are at, maybe even sooner. Done. Done. I'm there. We'll keep, we'll keep in touch for sure, man. I want to see those food pictures. Awesome. Please keep sending those food pictures because I'm going to have to come out to Dubai and try some of these places, meet up with you. Right. Maybe I'll stop in London first, hang out with Greg. Perfect. Get a care then package we'll from come... him or something and then go over to Dubai. You, you, and hang out you have to go, go to Dubai, then we'll go back to London together and then we'll come to Seattle and we'll DJ in the glass, the greenhouse. I love it. See? I love it. That's a sustainability like a angle, man. There's a sustainability angle. There is. It definitely could be a, 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 a not um, one of those things called. It's not a, it's not a terrarium. It's a, when you put the a terrarium. Is it a terrarium? Terrarium. Terrarium. Yeah, 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 yeah. terrarium. We'll have, I love so it. It'll Done. create its own oxygen within its own environment and water. Yeah. <laughs> and just live in the back of the truck. And yeah. Exactly, we, man. We, interesting project. Thank you for the, uh, take some <laughs> notes on that. We'll let you get going here, Ollie. Thank That's you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, man. Absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Facebook, hashtag us, the DJ Sessions, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place as well. The DJ Sessions. This is Ollie Wood from Holophonic coming in from Dubai with Darren, myself, from Seattle, Washington, where the DJ Sessions presents the virtual sessions where the music never stops.